Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel today. Sal Vetri, I am here to break down what is probably the first definitely full field event for the season, but the official event, right? We had the Tour Champions, JT won that in a three-person playoff, a fun, a great way to start 2020 golf, but now we're going to have our first full field event. I believe there's over, what, 135, 139 to be exact golfers in this field. You'll have a cut somewhere in that 65 range, depending on ties. I'm excited about this one. I'm going to go through here each pricing range, and for this type of a video, sort of a first look, I'll give you one person that I like, why? One person that I'm probably not going to get to and why? And then some, a player or two in each range that I'm considering want to look more into, uh, they would be my maybes, my exes. So welcome to the channel. If you're new here, excited to be covering golf in full this season. I also cover NBA, NFL uh, as of right now. And then the off season, I'll be covering maybe some MLB and WNBA. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. We're about to hit 18,000 and the goal is to hit 20,000 by the Super Bowl. So a little bit less than a month now. So thank you all so much for being here. I have Patreon exclusive content. It's where I house my exclusive content, NBA, NFL, but also PGA. I have my stat sheet on there updated interests throughout the week. And then tomorrow there will be a closing thoughts podcast where I discuss ownership. Ownership in PGA is probably the biggest thing when it comes to DFS, because honestly, that's your biggest edge is it's going to be a lot of players get popular because of uh, course history, recent form, whatever it might be. And it's probably easy to fade them because golf is so volatile when you're when you're betting on somebody's mental ability uh, at, at really the end of the day. So hit that subscribe button. You can check out my exclusive content there and you can follow me on my social medias. I'm sure this might attract some new viewers that have never seen my content before. So be sure to get down in the description and give me some constructive feedback. Let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you don't like. It is the golf season. I made some videos last year, mainly for the masters, mainly for the major events, but now doing it for every single event. Let me know how you think I can improve and what you like from it. It's great to meet you. Let's get into the video. We'll start with the 10K and above price range. Only five guys here. I mean, you have Kucher, defending champ, who is right below that at 9900 so you can make the argument that there's there's pretty much six but just five guys get that five figure and above tag i was thinking that we really haven't seen more than six in a while i really don't think i've, I've ever seen seven since i've been playing um so five guys make sense justin thomas lots of rumors and things in the industry before the prices came out people speculating that he might be twelve thousand dollars and that's exactly what he came in coming off of the win uh last week at the, the tournament of champions look i, I have him as a no He's fourth ranked in the world coming off of a win. He is my player entering the season as many popular picks to just be the player of the year candidate, uh, whether that means he wins the FedEx Cup in the points or if it just means that we actually think he had the best year up there with guys like John Rahm, Rory. So popular pick last week, he was the co-favorite with John Rahm, ends up winning. He has a six to one favorite, by far the shortest odds by about half the next guy in Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed. I like him here. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, I have some stats from last year, but here's the thing. He's $12,000. Like you can get similar upside. And when he's priced in the 12K range, he usually delivers 100 plus point performances on average, but he has to do that for you. The course history is nice. I mean, he missed the cut in 16, but T6 and 15 won the thing in 17. And he's finished T16 or better the last two years with a T14 in 2018. Everything looks good. Strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the T, T to green. He's number one. Everything is fantastic. He is an elite ball striker. And I should say that this course is short. It's a 7,044-yard course. That's one of the shortest ones on tour. And what you're going to get correlating with that is not a par 73, not a par 72, but a par 70, which means that you have less par fives. There's only two par fives in this entire course. So you can look, look at it a couple of ways. Um, it reminds me of the RBC Heritage on how short it is. That's more. Of a, that's a peat die course, so more other things in play, like your um, just the angles of it, your uh, tail legs, your also uh, sand save is really big there. But here, it's just it's a short course. 
it's very good for second hitters, ball strikers, right? But he could also bomb this thing, and that's how JT pretty much won and how he's done it every single year is just bombing the damn ball and, and trying to get as many potentially eagles but all on those par fives, but birdies as you can. In the last four to five years, the winner has gone low and really low. I mean, the lowest in the last five years or the shortest, I would say, is minus 17. But the last four of the five winners, including Kuchar last year, have gone minus 20 or lower. And it makes sense on a short course. It's just easier for these guys to get there. Um, So with that being said, I'll be going through some of the key stats as we go through each price range, looking at fairway um, driving accuracy. So good drives via a fantasy um, national, you can check that out. I'll also be going through approaches huge here, ball striking because the second shot. We'll look at driving distance because I think that is good. It's really a player strategy. Do you want to just bomb the thing and go for driving distance and also accuracy at the same time? Or is it your second strike? So we'll look at ball strikers. And at the same time, all of that kind of weighs in with T to green game, uh, off the T approach. And then off, uh, well, off the tee, and then also approach once you get closer. So I think those are some of the key stats that we'll be looking at. And Justin Thomas grades out great for really all of them. It's just a pricing thing for me to not uh, recommend him here because of the price. It sounds gross, but uh, it's twelve thousand dollars, and you can get maybe similar outcomes for two to three thousand dollars cheaper. The one guy that I do like is Hideki Matsusama. He's number two in strokes gained tee to green. He is a lot cheaper than JT, $1,500 savings, 22 ranked in the world, 16 to one to win this thing. Look, you're getting a number eight ball striker, so he's top 10 in ball striking. He's top 10 in greens and regulation, just outside the top 10, number 12 overall in this field in strokes gained approach. Lots of things add up for the guy who's number two overall in tee to green. I like Matsusama at 10,500. If you're paying up in the five figure range, which I do sometimes, and on these courses where the hundred and almost 40 person field and, and more than half of them are guys that you probably don't want to roster, probably close to 100 of them are guys you don't want to roster. Yeah, paying up for some secure points in production and probably a secure cut in this upper tier range is smart. So Matsusama would be the guy if I wanted to go there. And then Colin Morikawa, I like him. The price point's high. That's why he's an X. I want to look more into it. I want to see if it makes sense to be playing him in lineups over the guys like Matsusama and guys below him. Um, but he's number two in stroke skin approach. He's number three in tee to green. And he's number four in ball striking. Ball striking is his game. I uh, like his biggest criticism is he can't drive the ball like he can't get any distance under it who knows if that's going to be he's young who knows if that's going to be an issue or not moving forward but for right now in the present it doesn't matter as much when the course is short when it's a par 70 when guys who win in the past like Kuchers just aren't bombing the thing so when you have elite ball striking skills top five top four really in the field that's good to see but he's also great tee to green like if you're going to criticize a guy's driving but he's still a top three player in tee to green it's because he's good at approach it's because that he's not making mistakes and, and hitting it off the fairway yes he's not bombing it but when some of those bombers are not staying accurate he is so at 10-3 I think he deserves a price tag uh, but does he deserve it enough is my biggest thing so uh, those other players in that um, 10k and above range you can find out on Patreon tomorrow where I'm going with them but for the nature of not making this like a two-hour video right now Justin Thomas would be a no Hideki would be a yes and Colin Morikawa would be a maybe for me in that 10k and above going to the 9k range uh is gonna be a no for me it's nothing against the guy I know he won here last year he's 13th in approach which is which is good it's a key stat but everything else is not great he's 79th off the tee in this field he's outside the top 35 in ball striking and tee to green not a great spot for him ranked 24th in the world 22 to 1 to win this thing uh he ended up finishing third and 15 and 13th and 16 so all three times he's been in this event it's a t13 or better two of them it was a t3 or won the damn thing so all that looks good but if you get any type of ownership on him at this high price tag and a lot of it is because of course history maybe some of its approach some of it's with the putter but i'm not really going to get there for that high price tag Sanjay Im at 20 to 1 to win this 34th fourth ranked player in the world he's going to play here and he's probably going to play at every single other event he's my maybe this week I like that he's top 10 in strokes gained 
um, overall, total strokes gained. And a big reason why, though, is because of his putter. He's number two in the field in strokes gained putting. So you're going to be very good in strokes gained total if you're good in putting. But where are his flaws? Well, he's 65th in strokes gained approach. He's right around, not an elite player, but getting close to that top 20 range, number 25 overall in tee to green. So it's nice to see that he has good tee to green numbers, and then he can finish on the greens when he's number two in putting. The punter is hot. Yes, it is volatile, but when you look at a lot of rounds of data, you can start to balance that out and feel a little bit more confident, 50 rounds or so. So I'm a little bit concerned about him getting there, staying accurate with the good drives, but the fact that his putter is hot and he's getting there based on tee to green numbers, 9,600 is a steep tag for him. I do agree. That's why he is my maybe. But if you're looking at the rest of the 9K range, there's not much that is appealing outside of my yes in this range, and that is Neiman. Man, Neiman was great last week. What was he, first round of lead? I believe at the uh, Century Tour of Cha- Tournament of Champions. He's number five in ball striking. That's fantastic for this course. Oh, but he's number four in tee to green. So, yep, he's going to get you there whether he wants to bomb it or, you know, yeah, just lay up a little bit and play the short course to your advantage. Number 10 in approach. That's great to see. 12 off the tee and 12th in greens regulations. He's been fantastic. He's $9,400. He is the if you wanted to start your lineups with Neiman, and obviously you're passing up on everything in that 10K plus range, that looks really good. Webb Simpson looks good. I didn't even talk about him. Obviously, JT, if you want to get all the way up there. Morikawa, Matsusama, I already talked about. But Neiman at 9,400, if you want to play him with one of those guys, you're spending a lot of money. I do think it's viable based on how bad the 6K range is on this type of a slate in this event. But $9,400 Neiman, um, hard not to like the guy when he's ranking out top 10 in every single category that matters and the ones that he's bad in he's like still in the top 20 so a fantastic opportunity for Neiman here my 9k range is going to be a no on Kuchar a maybe on him and a hard yes on Neiman so far to the 9 and 10k range I think Neiman is my favorite player and I hope the ownership doesn't follow I think it might though in the 8K range, all the way at the top. So my two interests in terms of yes and maybes are very close to me liking both of them as a yes. But to in order to distinguish, I'll put Corey Connors as a yes. He's number 11 in stroke skiing approach, number three in ball striking, and number five T to green. And he's also top 10 in good drives, ranking number seventh in the field. Want to know where he stinks? Around the green and putting. So one around the green is somewhat of a key stat here. It's not all the way correlating enough for me to get to it, but it does peak a little bit. And then putting is so variant. He's a very bad putter. Um, can he get hot? Yeah, any guy can get hot here. It's Bermuda Greens. It's a spot that I think he can thrive there, especially if it's a shorter course, and he does choose to bomb the damn thing. Now, he doesn't have to, right? The third best ball striker in the entire event, or at least as of right now, but he's also number five in tee to green, so he can get you there just off the tee alone and not have to worry about that second shot as much. When you look at the approach numbers being number 11, that also feels good, right? So he has everything it needs to get there. It's just finishing. If he can finish at 8,900, he's in a spot where he can go really low here, and that's what you need to win. Why do I say this? Well, he can either ball strike as one of the better guys in the field, or he can bomb it as one of the better guys in the field. And that game, the approach game so far has been good. It's just what can he do with his putter? He's probably, he's the yes, but again, I like both of these guys for the same reasons. Him and Ches Rivi. Rivier, who's a maybe right now, they're both either yeses or both maybes for me. It's very close. What that pretty much tells me is the 8K range isn't as appealing to me as the 9K, maybe the 7K range. Now you have guys like Kevin Kisner who can hit it short, very similar to Ches. It's an interesting spot where, they don't have to worry about being at a disadvantage like last week where you have to bomb it. These guys are now much more live in this field. Brent Snedeker, same thing. So uh, Chez is going to be my maybe here. He's played in this event the last five years. His worst finish was a T42, so he's made the cut all five of those years. And he's finished uh, top 20 or better in the last three years. He's finished top 10 or better in two of the last three. A T3 last year, 
And T8 in week seven or in 2017, thinking of football. The concern is what the ownership looks like. 36 play, ranked player in the world. He's 55 uh, to one odds to win this thing. He's shorter, but he's helped by the course, of course. He's bad around the green and with the putter. So that's the concern here, but it's very similar to Corey Connors' game and they can get you there. It's just a matter of the uh, actually what they're doing with the putter. He's number five in strokes game and approach, sixth in ball striking and 11th tee to green. So very, very similar to Corey Connors and very good at getting you there. Very good in the driving categories, tee to green approach it's just a matter of what does he do when he gets there so if you have these guys like Chavez and Corey Connors in your player pool you can look at it two ways maybe one of them gets hot or both of them just continue to suck and it ruins a lot of your player pools I think I'll have both of them at a decent clip Andrew Putnam all the way at the bottom of the 8k range at 8k flat will be the guy I avoid came in number two in this event last year uh, kind of maybe not a miracle but just good form at the time he was cut in 2015 and he barely made the cut tied for a 69 in 2018 so I'm just not going to get here he's 49th ranked player in the world so based on that his Vegas odds are showing that he might be a little underpriced on DraftKings I personally think based on his recent form that he's one of the more overpriced players if you look at the Vegas odds he should probably be around 82 to 8400 dollars similar to what you're getting out of Rivi. I mean, Rivier, they have the same Vegas odds there, and he's $400 more expensive. But look at what Andrew Putnam's been doing as of late. He's 100th in tee to green, 102nd in ball striking, and 135th off the tee. Those are terrible numbers. 135th out of like 138, 39, depending on the final players that got into this um, in this field. That is bad. He's outside the top 100 in most of the key categories. It's not a spot that I want to get to. He might seem, based on Vegas, a little bit underpriced on DraftKings. If he was 8400 he'd be egregiously priced. At 8000 I think he already is. He's probably more of like a $7,500 player. But I think the course history, and really T2 last week, is keeping him active in this one. Let's move on to the 7K range. All right. So now, on the 7K range here, all the way at the top of this one for me, actually, maybe not even, let's not go to the top here. I think a guy who stands out a lot, and it, it scares the death out of me because lost a lot of money on this guy because of his putter, and probably will again this year, um, Emmanuel Grillo. So he's my yes, he's 7,600, good price point. He's the number one player in strokes game approach in the field. That's important because he's number two in ball striking. So what is this guy doing? Well, he's not hitting it that far. He's sixth in tee to green, but that makes sense when you're good at approach and good in ball striking. He's not hitting it that far, and 7,044 yards, it doesn't matter. Hit the, hit the first shot, get in the fairways. He's fine in good drives, number five in good drives. So he's going to get you in the fairways. And then after that, his approach game, his second shot with the ball striking is very good. The problem is around the greens, if he doesn't get there exactly on the green, he's 131 in the entire field. Terrible. And he's 136th in putting. You're talking bottom five numbers in putting and bottom 10 in the entire field around the green. That is terrifying. Everything else he's going to get you there. So can he just get decent with the putter in this one at the price point to pay it off? I'll put him as a yes for this contest. Lost money on the guy last year. His putter is atrocious, but if you can get it anywhere, even not even in the top 50, just get me around 50 in your putting for this weekend and everything else stays the same and you're probably going to pay off $7,600. Ranked 112th in the world, 70 to 1 to win this thing currently. All right, moving on now to my no in this range. It's going to be Kevin Na. Now, there's a ton of no's in this range, especially once you start getting to that mid to lower tier in the 7K range, but Na's not been good as of late. I mean, he's outside the top 110 in ball striking. He's barely in the top 100 in approach. Same can be said for Tita Green. And then you're factoring in that he's 104, ranked 104 out of 140 or so golfers in fairways gained. It's not great. Uh, being shorter, of course, helps him a little bit, but he isn't accurate right now. He's terrible off the tee, and it's not somewhere for a player who's ranked 27th in the world. That's Vegas odds are 100 to 1. Not good. That 27th ranking you might see sliding soon based on the way that he has been playing. A couple of wins last year got him up to here, and it seems like more of a boomer bust player. I'm not going to take that risk this week, as I did last week, where he had one of his worst putting events of his entire career, if not the worst. Uh, it's a spot where I'll avoid it 7,500. Seems a bit over price for just how he's been playing as of late and I think that Vegas rank or that overall rank is going to come down and mirror really where his Vegas rank is which is definitely outside the top 25 top 27 range 
My maybe will be all the way down, give you a cheap option here, at Kyle Stanley, 125 to 1 to win this thing, he's probably 1 to $200 on their price, very much similar type of a player for me in this field as Russell Henley, but Kyle Stanley, looking decent, he's played this event each of the last four years, making the cut each time, with three top 25 finishes during that time, a top 10 in 2018, 2016 he finished top uh, a T13, so it's a very good spot for him, every single time he's finished, the worst finish in the last four years was a T36, so he's looked good in this event, it seems that he likes this course, course history is there if you're somebody who believes in that somewhat to believe in it on a short course probably not as much but it just fits the skill set better he's number three in approach in the entire field and he's ninth in ball striking so you're giving me those two key stats as a top 10 player at only 7,000. now the putting's the issue but it's not as egregious as we've been seeing out of guys like grillo it's 80th 80th in putting can go either way if you have a good putting week well now you're in the top 40 and you're if everything else stays the same at that 7,000 and you make the cut you're paying it off he's 14th in good drives so everything seems to be adding up he seems to be the cheaper option of these uh, Emmanuel Grillos and on the previous page some of the 8k guys that I was talking about and hyping up he's good in he's good in good drives he's fine at off the tee and tee to green types of numbers and in putting he's not as egregious as those types of players but he's still pretty bad uh, at $7,000 Kyle Stanley is the guy that is not my yes but my maybe and the course history again also pans out. Let's go over to the 6K range where the, the like 6,300 and below players, I'm just not going to list any of those. Nothing stands out there. If you want to take shots on some, you probably should if you're playing a lot of lineups, but you don't have to if you're playing just a few. All the way at the top, Bud Colley is my yes. I don't like to pick the most expensive guy, but he stands out the most for me. 16th uh, in total strokes gain this year. He's third around the green, which is somewhat important of a stat. I mean, it's definitely great if you're good at it. It's not one of the key most important stats, but top 25 in approach in this field. He's 12th in T to green. He's number two in sand save percentage, which is always just good to have that type of thing in your back pocket and then he's 55th in good drives so a little bit better than average for this field and and getting to the fairways and staying on them at 6900 you take that and then when you see some good off the tee numbers like his tee to green and his uh, strokes gain overall you also take that so 140 to 1 to win this thing probably not going to win it might be a little bit overpriced based on the vegas odds ranked 168th in the world based on his vegas odds he should probably be somewhere around like 6700 but again it's 200 difference he'll be my yes and then i have to scroll all the way down to find some other guys for you here Jason Duffner. Closing it up, I don't have any no's for the 6K range just because there's so many of them. And right now on Tuesday morning when I shoot this, the ownership really isn't crisp and even out at this point. So really, whoever's getting a ton of ownership in the 6K range, unless there's just a complete misprice, that's probably a guy just not to get to. Like if you ever see a guy in the 6K range at like 20%, just fade him. Like these are bad players down here for a reason. And if a bad player is going to have a lot of bets against him or on him, I'd rather just bet against him at that point with one of these other bad players. So Jason Duffner is my maybe. Um, Man, it's hard to like this guy. I mean, the guy who just made every single cut at like a stretch of three months last year. He's 250 to one to win this, ranked 256 in the world. It's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. But look, you're looking for a $6,500 player. I'll take some of the experience there. You haven't had him on this course, but he's good off the tee. Terrible at putting. Very similar thing that you're seeing for a lot of the guys that I like. Get me to the green, and then just one of these guys out of my player pool do something with the putter. He's 14th in tee to green, 11th in ball striking, but then he's 135th, tied for 135th with somebody else that we mentioned earlier in putting. The other thing that stands out, number one in good drives. What is a good drive? According to, I believe, Fantasy National, it's your one hitting the fairway, so accuracy, but then your next drive uh, is also certain amount of distance depending on the uh the par four or the par five whatever it might be but your next hit your second hit uh is also in play and it's it's considered a good drive at that point so number one in that category so that's great to see in these fairways that are also i should call out thinner fairways than when you saw last week which are some of the widest fairways you'll see on the entire uh tour so everything looks good except the putting so you can see my trend here i don't care how bad you are at putting literally some of the bottom five players in the world if you are really cheap like duffner 
or bottom five players in the field. Really cheap like Duffner and some of these other guys. And you can do everything else fine and you're average at putting or bad at putting. I'll get a lot of you in there and hope one of you, just one of you has one of those, maybe not even a career day since you're so cheap, but a fine day. So this is where I'm at right now. I don't have any no's for you in these ranges just because, again, a lot of them are, are just clearly no's. If I picked a random guy, and I'd just be really picking him based on ownership. And we don't have that ownership right now. So I'll go back to the top page where there is the 8K to 12K range. You can look at here at my highlights. Again, I do have exclusive content. I'll link it up right now above over on Patreon. It's also linked up down below if you want to click the link over there. I have a podcast out every single Wednesday. Closing thoughts, half hour to an hour podcast discussing ownership, discussing my strategy, some of my player pool and exposures for this golf tournament the Sony open. And then also I'll have my data sheet, which you can see right here updated each week. I'll highlight the key stats that you should be looking at, but that is the data sheet right there that I use every single week just to get a glimpse of what the slate looks like and what the field is looking like. So hope you enjoy this video. Please do hit that subscribe button. And then again, if you're a new viewer, one, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, whatever you got to do to help me out over here. And let me know in the comments if this is your first time viewing me that you like golf and you don't really participate in the other DFS sports. And this is sort of an introduction to my content. I would love to get to meet you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang, and have a great start to your week, and best of luck on the Sony Open Slate. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that podcast, and before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish, but if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it, so thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one.